National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, coming to you live from a beach in the Florida Panhandle and, uh, Gorgeous day here, um, gorgeous uh, uh, views, all of those things, and we are uh, pleased to be with you. I don't have my normal, we'll get this figured out, I don't have studio right now, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get this thing going. But uh, glad to be with you, glad to be with Aaron Sexton as we get this day rolling. And uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff planned for you this week. I have tried to take a little... Uh, vacation. And, um, so I'll be, uh, visiting with you some, and then, uh, we've some, we've got some unbelievable interviews lined up this week in the five o'clock hour. Uh, some things we've done, some things we're doing, um, some incredible things, but, uh, Aaron, um, I know a cool front has hit central Texas, but, um, uh, greetings from the Florida Panhandle. Uh, we are uh, at uh, Seaside Beach, and I'm looking as the, at the ocean as we speak. Uh, Aaron, hope you're having a good day. Oh, well, um, not not hearing you, Aaron, if, uh, if you're talking, but hopefully you're hearing me okay. Uh, it is the Matt Mosley Show, doing... uh, ESPN Central Texas, and uh, we're just flying right along here. But this this uh, occasionally uh, happens when we're remote, and we'll be uh, we'll be just fine. But uh, uh, gorgeous uh, gorgeous ocean, looking out across right now. Congratulations to the Ole Miss Rebels. And uh, their victory over the Oklahoma Sooners. Sooners, uh, I, I tell you, I was inspired, Aaron, by the uh, just a, the unbelievable um, uh, reaction from the Oklahoma coach Skip Johnson uh, last night to losing the World Series. I, I just was, I was extremely impressed by the direction he went and in uh, in the things he had to say after that ball game and, and just about, you know, the passion for, and, and, you know, he kept being asked by the Oklahoma media, Hey, are you able to at least look back and see how amazing this is to make it to the championship series? And his answer to that was no, this not really, this sucks. We lost. I want to win a national championship. And I just kind of loved, I love the perspective of a coach. And again, he, he had some, he had some really remarkable things to say. And, um, but anyway, Ole Miss wins and Aaron, you'll love this one. I did immediately get, uh, somebody sent me a tweet. Now the Aggies are the only team in the, in the sec that has not won a baseball, basketball or football national title since 1940. Okay, so the streak, the streak is uh, tradition of excellence. <laughs> that's right. 
Um, again, they're they're not so much into the winning part of it. They just love being in that uh, fraternity that is the SEC. And uh, if you beat Alabama occasionally, then uh, then you're okay. You're okay. And I get it. They're having fun. So I've got uh, we got a lot of great Aggie listeners. So I, I appreciate them. And again, the Aggies made it to the World Series. The Texas Longhorns made it to the World Series. Aaron, the 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 really strange thing to me is that the the Longhorns <laughs> you almost have to give them credit for it. Everybody else that makes the World Series, I mean, I think back to when Baylor made the World Series in two thousand five. You know, it was a enormous moment for the the program for the university. Texas now has been somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty eight or thirty nine times the world series and Aaron, they, they came back and fired all their coaches. Like Tulowitzki was looking at USC and he's decided not to take that job and he's out. I don't know whose decision it was, but he's now over the weekend. We got the news that he's not at Texas. He's no longer at Texas. And they already fired their pitching coach, Sean Allen. Um, and, and so I, this is a, it's fascinating to me to see, to try to kind of figure out what the University of Texas is doing. Now, Baylor continues to make hires. Aaron, uh, Zach Dillon is the, uh, you know, obviously they made, we talked about uh, uh, the, uh, the the new pitching coach that they got from Arkansas Little Rock. Zach Dillon, a former uh, Baylor Bear great, also worked with Mitch at MCC. And, uh, and he's been kind of running some sort of, organization, um, uh, kind of a steamed uh, baseball-type academy out of Houston. And so, you know, I find this, uh, I find this to be a fascinating hire. I mean, I, I, I think what Mitch is doing is getting people that he is completely comfortable with. Uh, he's coached with both of these folks. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, could – could he have gotten people with like bigger names in the coaching ranks? Probably so. Um, could could he have gotten anybody that he was more comfortable with? I don't think so. I think I think this is exactly what he wanted to do. Now, meanwhile, there's NBA stuff going on, Aaron. Again, I've been on a I've been on the beach trying to relax, read a book, um, and do a little beach reading, and out in the water a lot of the day. Uh, but I was able, Aaron, to monitor a little bit of the NBA situation, which kind of fascinates me because the latest NBA news is that the San Antonio Spurs, who just took a, a uh, uh, Jeremy Sohan, the Baylor star, in, in the draft, they're looking, it looks like they are going to trade um, DeJounte Murray their all-star point guard. Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this to the Atlanta Hawks? Is that what you're seeing as well? Like I, I'm looking who's going back and forth. Uh, 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 Gallo is going back to them and then a ton of picks. They're going to get all kinds of draft picks. And so it looks like they're banking on some, you know, there's a 2023 draft that they seem very excited about. Maybe they're looking at Keontae George from, from, uh, from Baylor, but I, I find this one truly 
fascinating. Aaron, are you? Did you see that? This is crazy. It's just crazy from the Spurs' point of view. They're not even getting John Collins back, from what I can see. Now this is this is not ESPN, but Zach Klein is reporting that the Hawks are on the verge of acquiring Murray without giving up John Collins. They'll give up uh, Danilo uh, Gallinari and multiple first-round picks. I mean, if you're San Antonio, what are you doing? You have a 25-year-old all-star that averaged almost a triple-double last year and and almost 25 points a game. Are they just going to be, like, constantly rebuilding like Oklahoma City or – it yeah. just it just doesn't I mean, this this is a dumb trade. I it's it smacks of you're right. In Oklahoma City's not a bad comparison at all with Sam Presti and some of the things he's done. But San Antonio has been praised over the years for their draft picks and and some of the some of the trades that they've made. But obviously they had three all-stars for many many years. And to take a young, uh, ascending, big-time player, I mean, Aaron, this is certainly not the same thing as like the Mavs trading Doncic or something like that, because he's not at that level. But he's like at a, at the next tier. He's not that far. I mean, he's again, no, nobody's Doncic level. But but to be out that far. Uh, along the road, and to think you have that guard in place, and I, I don't know. The only there are two things at work: either R.C. Buford uh, and the Spurs are not as high on them as we think, or Pop has soured on him. I don't know. Either way, though, you can get more for him. I mean, that's just there's no way you can't get more for Dejounte Murray. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I just maybe they maybe he's already told them he wouldn't sign an extension. I don't know. That's yeah. the only way it makes sense. And then it's still, like I said, it still doesn't make sense because you can get more than in the package. You know, it hadn't been finalized, so we don't know. But uh, Gallinari and and some, and a few first round picks, probably I guess probably three. But you're talking about late first round picks that probably won't if they have protections on them that will probably never, uh, what's the word, confer, and will, there's a chance that they end up as second-round picks down the line because you keep pushing them back until eventually they turn into twos because the Hawks yeah. are going to be good. They're going to have Trey Young and John Collins and DeJounte Murray for the next seven, eight years. So what good are their draft picks? They're going to be in the late 20s. Yeah, I mean, that's what it, that's what it sounds like, and I think, the part you brought up was was kind of important. That the John Collins aspect of this, this guy's been involved in a lot of trade talks. He's a really good defender, and he's just kind of an outlandish athlete. Um, and he's it, I, by all uh, things you hear, is just a great uh, a great teammate. So you would think you would want that in return. Instead. It seems the Spurs are trying to maximize picks. Now, is there someone down the road they might use all this to go after? Maybe, but that doesn't really sound like the Spurs, you know, trying to bring in some monster. I mean, what what have the Spurs been? They were a team that they they were they were 
and used some incredible draft. Uh, we we got to give them credit for what they did with Kawhi because Kawhi came and, and helped them get another title and was an enormous part of it. But I don't totally get the plan right now because DeJounte, DeJounte Murray is just a tremendous player. All right, Aaron, I know you were excited about this over the weekend, uh, and I thought this would be an appropriate time to do it. Um, we're going to try to... Um, we're going to try to reach out to uh, Kevin Longquist, but uh, Aaron, we'll see. We'll see if we can connect with him. Uh, if not, you and I will get everybody caught up on a remarkable weekend for the Baylor uh, football recruiting. We'll do that next. What a year for Baylor Athletics. Here's the play, fourth down and goal from the one. And up, run and left, trying to get to the corner. He didn't get there. He did not get there. He stopped short. He has stopped short of the goal line. Bears hold the Cowboys out of the end zone. That was Desmond Jackson with the dive for the pylon. Jaron McVay kept him out. From the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. Some things never change, like the commitment to service and protection the Nitsche Group Insurance Agency has offered since 1949. Whether you're needing a new business policy to get your operations up and running, adding cyber liability for a remote workforce, or if you're needing to pause your current coverage, our team is here for the protection you need when you need it. Whatever your coverage needs, talk to the experts that care. Call the Nitsche Group to discuss your personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs at 1-800-258-8302. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. ESPN Central Texas is 1660 AM, 92.3 FM, and 100.9 FM. Listen up. If you take pride in your lawn, you need to mow with the best, gravely. The made-in-the-USA perfect cut quality grass devour and beast of the zero turns. Gravely residential mowers are built just as tough as their commercial machines with comfort and features you won't find on other mowers. Mow with perfection. Get yourself a Gravely. The full line of Gravely residential mowers is available at Landscape Supply. Come visit our new 10,000-square-foot showroom in Spiegelville for the largest selection of outdoor power equipment. Did you know the average American pays over $500 a month for their car payment? What would you do if you didn't have to make that payment for 90 days? Where else could you use $1,500? Keep your car payments at Genco. Buy new or refinance your current vehicle and have no payments for 90 days. Take advantage of our low rates and no payments for 90 days. Only at Genco. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies insured by NCUA. My money, my future, my credit union. Genco. 
At UBO Business Services, we are brand agnostic. We support many different brands, but only the best products from each provider. Our analysts favor flexible systems that don't leave you locked into a one-brand technology solution. Being flexible allows your organization to stay nimble and take advantage of the latest emerging technologies. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Ole Miss wins the College World Series, sweeping the Sooners with a 4-2 win yesterday. Colorado Avalanche wins their third Stanley Cup, beating Tampa Bay 2-1 and win the series 4-2. Deshaun Watson's NFL hearing is supposed to start by tomorrow. USFL Championship is set. The Birmingham Stallions and the Philadelphia Stars will meet Sunday at 6.30 from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. Astros lose to the Yankees 6-3 but took the series 2-1 over the Yankees. Astros have the day off today. Rangers lost to the Nationals 6-4. Rangers start a long road trip tonight in Kansas City, 7-10 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley show. ESPN Central Texas. Thanks to Aaron Sexton for working his magic. And we're back on. We're back in. We're, you know, beautiful studio quality audio. As I overlook the ocean from uh, a beach on 30A, Seaside, Florida, uh, Dateline uh, today. And I'm very fortunate to be joined by a man who occasionally will allow his beach vacations to be interrupted by me. Uh, it is Kevin Longquist, and uh, Kevin, I uh, I know you're hard at work doing your thing, tracking all this stuff that's going on. But uh, I got to say, you know, we were talking about uh, Texas Tech in its early run 2023 class. University of Texas goes and gets the uh, uh, one of the one of the most ballyhooed recruits ever in Arch Manning, but the old Bears put together a nice little three or four day stretch here um how uh after covering these kinds of things for a lot of years how good is this little recruiting run the bears are on right now oh it's i wouldn't call it unprecedented but i would call it unique matt um you know they've had six commitments over the last seven days i don't think one is coming down today unless it comes down tonight after we hang up of course that probably will happen but you know, there's one tomorrow uh, where an announcement will come from a kid that took his official visit uh, in D.K. Kaluf's forfeit in Ridgepoint. He took his official to Baylor a couple weeks ago. I think Baylor's in a really good spot for him right now. But I, the only time I can think where Baylor really had this run was they had, it was back in, I think it was 2014, where they had this stretch where they ran off about, 14 recruits in about four or five weeks or something like that and it was like crazy how and it was the same month it was june where it was like late may to throughout the month of june where everything took off now we saw this last year a little bit too when they had a lot of commitments come out of those three uh, those three official week visit weekends 
But this year, maybe a little bit more oomph. And, of course, when you get two four-stars out of it, like Corey Kelly, uh, the linebacker, and, and then, of course, from uh, League City Clear Falls, and then, of course, you get uh, – pardon me. Uh, and then when you also get Tayshawn Wilson, the very talented defensive back from Katie Maid Creek, number 152 on R250 poll. I think that kind of tells you where this recruiting is. And the fact that they've addressed a lot of their needs across the defensive and offensive lines was still more to work, still work to do there. Uh, and the fact that they're starting to get a little bit more as far as like the secondary is concerned. They got two quarterbacks between Wilson and of course, Carl Williams out of Baton Rouge. Those are all really good pickups for this. And there's a lot of substance to these uh, commitments from what I, from what I know of them, from what I've talked to people and just the caliber of kids that they're recruiting, Matt. Man, I, it got me excited, and um, and I wanted to kick off my week of vacation with a little Kevin Longquist time. Kevin, I just came off a uh, a big-time blackened mahi-mahi sandwich at Budden Alley's, one of the most famous uh, uh, restaurant-slash-bars in, in America, right there on 30A. It's a place I think, Kevin, you would really, really enjoy. Now... Walk me through this, way, though. Man, you're not going to interrupt me when I go to the beach in two weeks, are you? Or, absolutely, uh, are you absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to be, okay. I'm going to be out of the country at some point, like the starting the 13th of July. So you may be safe. Are you going to Paris again? No, I think this is Italy. Paris? Italy. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I, I just kind of show up where they tell me to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know much about this trip, but uh, Venice, Venice may be involved. I do know that. Okay. I know, I know the the uh, the hopeless romantic that you are. You like a good Venice <laughs> gondola, that kind of thing. Uh, love you love going through those canals. That just sounds like something well, you and your wife buff. would I'm love. The buff, and I really wanted to go to Rome. I would have gone to Rome for the Vatican, the history of Rome too, of course. Um, but that's. That's neither here nor there. I don't think you. I don't think people listen to us want to talk about our journeys overseas or anything like that. So, no, I think they're. I think they're into it. I think they're pretty much into it now. Um, of the group that just came in, the, these bear right. commits that are rolling in. First of all, to put it in perspective, I love it when rivals and and you know Kevin's such a part of this show. I don't always remind people what he does but he's rivals.com and uh, at Sikkim Sports on Twitter is a great place to kind of read on all the things he he does but y'all always do a really nice job of like updating the rankings and I find all this stuff fascinating because you know Baylor suddenly will pop up around like the top 15 in the country in some in some of these uh, rankings Texas Tech was mm-hmm. way up there, and then I think the University of Texas, especially with what they've done, they've had a couple. Uh, even even since Arch, I think that got everybody's attention. They have jumped into, mm-hmm. I think, around the top ten. Can you kind of give us a perspective on where Baylor stands uh, based on their commitments right now? Yeah, they are. Uh, they're currently number seven in our national team rankings. They actually were as high as number six, but there was a couple of there was some movement today, so that they slipped a notch to number seven. But when they got to number six, now this is as high as I've ever seen Baylor uh, in what the thirteen years that I've been covering them. I think it's thirteen, but 
something like that. But it's just as high as I've ever seen Baylor. I'll always go back to the 2016 class that collapsed, but they but their final ranking that year was 17. And I was talking about this today on the site where I feel like if they continue in this trend, and of course one of those things they have to do is they got to hang on to Austin Novoset. But one of the things that they have to do is if they can continue to build a class, maybe add a couple of more four stars or or higher three star guys that are maybe five point sevens or or something like that. They've got a chance to finish it around the top 20, something like that, because we got to keep this in perspective just a little bit because you have a school like Alabama, which has uh, seven commits right now, and they're number 22. So that's going to change, obviously, for them pretty pretty quickly here over the next couple of months. you got Miami, uh, who only has eight, but, of course, with what they're doing down there, that they might take off, too. A&M's got – A&M's number 39, and they've only got six. So that's all going to fluctuate. But for, but for what Baylor's doing and where they could settle by February of 2023, they got a shot to be in the top 20, Matt. I really believe that. Wow. Wow. You know, does that make you, talking to Kevin Longquist from Rivals.com, does, when you see some of this happening, do you, do you think Baylor's quietly put together like a nice collective? Or do you think this is just purely based on, I mean, obviously, Aranda, they've had great success. They won the Big 12. Um, their camps seem to be uh, heavily attended, and, and, and right. everybody seems to enjoy those things. Like, what do you what do you attribute this to? Because I, I, Joey McGuire got off to a really, really hot start. That may have slowed just a little bit. But Joey's still in a good place. Texas is on a heater right now, University of Texas. And then A&M's going to always A&M. I mean, they're going to – they may not have the position they had in 2022, but they're going to close. You know they're going right. to close because uh, right. what Nick said, they got the money. <laughs> so, well, but, but what do you, okay, so what do you attribute this to the most? Well, okay, so here's what I think it is with, with Baylor. Is that number one um, – Obviously, the success that the program has had, even the, the because really the kids today at this era, they have no idea what happened in 2016, and they don't even care about it anymore. Even though old folks like you and myself are well aware of what happened, and we still kind of look over our shoulder about that sort of thing. But I don't think it really matters to these kids anymore. They look at the fact that Baylor in 2019 uh, played for the Big 12 championship against Oklahoma and fell short and wound up going to the Sugar Bowl. Then they look at two years later where this team won the Big 12 championship, school record 12 wins, won the Sugar Bowl. Those are things that they look at. I think they also look at the fact, and I've talked about this before with you, Matt, where Dave Aranda's you know, acumen as being a defensive wizard. I've always felt like Dave is one step ahead of opposing offensive coordinators. That's how sharp I think he is. That that, that, that has a measurable effect on a certain amount of kids. And that doesn't mean they're going to get them all, but it means that they're going to get uh, more than what you would think maybe in past years, especially more than what we saw from the Art Bryles era. No disrespect to Art's recruiting, but Art's defensive recruiting versus Dave recru- Dave's uh, defensive recruiting are night and day from each other. But having said that, that and th- I think just the way that they presented the school and Waco itself as a growing area. What is Waco now? About a quarter of a million people, the surrounding area there. So there's things are changing in the school and the fact that it's in the big 12 and the fact that it's because and it has a chance you know with texas and oklahoma leaving by from what it looks like going to be july 1st of 2025 baylor's got itself in a position where it can be one of the alphas of this conference 
And they're probably selling that idea to those kids and saying, look, when Texas and OU are gone, we have an, we have an opportunity, we being Baylor, the coaches, the way they're selling it to kids, saying we have an opportunity to, become, to take that seat where we can become a flagship school of this conference, along with maybe like an Oklahoma State, maybe a TCU, you know, something like that. And, the, and they've got the background and they've got the record to prove it based on what happened last year. Well, and quite honestly, back in the day, Grant Taft, you know, laid the blueprint out for it. Uh, the faith-based aspect of this was an enormous calling card and in a, in, a, in a huge thing with parents. And so, you know, in some sense, that may still be the case. And, and uh, so it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out. Now, of, of all these people, you mentioned two kind of headliners. Um, mm-hmm. wh- wh- where where is your so they lost their 2022 quarterback? I think we all decided right. that wasn't the biggest thing in the world because I don't know how great he was, and quite honestly, he uh, I I don't know the way I was hearing that spun was like, well, we're okay. But one of the reasons they thought they were okay was they had like some you know uh, non scholarship type guys, and one of those guys is right. now gone. So right. now you get 2023 with Novasad, and and this guy, I gotta say, I, I mean, I, I don't blame him. Okay, if I had Ohio State suddenly come in, A and M, you know, maybe I would waver a little bit. Like, uh, but I, I just kind of am curious of because you've seen this guy throw in person, you've right. met him. You probably even know the family to a certain extent. Like, do you think this guy's kind of torn right now between, hey, these guys were early to the party, I, I got a great connection with these Baylor coaches, and yet now I'm getting these enormous blue blood type offers? Like, where is the young man from Dripping Springs, uh, as, as much as you can tell us right now, for, a, for an 18-year-old kid? Well, okay, and, and a lot of people on my site will panic and say, we're going to lose him, we're going to lose him. And I always come back to them and simply say, he's committed to Baylor until he isn't. And I think the relationship that he has with the Baylor coaches has been rock solid. Remember, he committed to Baylor the day after the early signing period in December. I think it was December 16th of 21, when all that class came in. And it's always been a pretty pretty strong relationship because Baylor identified him first and really went after him. And, made, and he has been on that campus multiple times, that sort of thing. Now, when it comes to, I know a lot of people want to make up the A&M part of this equation because his parents are alums from there. And he just went over there after the state seven-on-seven tournament for an unofficial, and he picked up an offer there. And I wouldn't discount the Aggies in this. Um, just because of who they are and what they're trying to become and the fact that they want to try and get to the upper echelon of the SEC. Um, And then you look at Ohio State where its track record is what it is, uh, winning the national title in 2014, playing for another one recently. And and I think, and of course, they're they're traditionally going to go to either go to the college football playoff or they're going to go to uh, a New Year's Day six game. And they've had their share of quarterbacks go to the NFL. I think what the argument that Baylor has to present, even though obviously they've had a couple of quarterbacks go to the NFL and Bryce Petty and RG3, is that they've built this class around Austin, and Austin knows that. So the question what Austin has to decide for himself is, 
can I be a guy that can really be a, like like a transitional type of player like RG3 was? Can I follow in that footstep that takes Baylor from where they were, just an okay program, to that, that program where things could be possible? Can Austin say, can I look at Baylor and say, can I get Baylor to the next level where they're consistently in the national championship for Big 12 hunts year after year after year, as opposed to being Ohio State where they're already there, and it's just another, if you will, plug and play, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of things that are weighing on his mind. You know, he'll be at the Elite 11 camp uh, in California some, starting Tuesday through Thursday, and he'll be asked about that quite a bit. But this is going to be a, a, a situation where Baylor is going to have to continue to massage this, make its best effort, and, and pray to heaven that it'll that it'll work out when the early signing period comes along um, in early in mid December, so that his name comes across their letter of intent. His you know, his letter of intent comes across with his signature on it. In December, it's going to be a grind. And as I've said, you know, you and I have talked offline about this, Matt, that it's just going to be a day by day thing. I still find it, I still find it very low that he'll ever come out publicly and say, I'm sticking with Baylor. This is the way it's going to be, or he flips. I think it's just going to be one of those things that he'll go through this over the next few months. It's going to be a process, and we're all just going to have to ride the wave until he tells everyone, this is what I'm doing. All right, I'm glad you said that because we always have the uh, Elite 11 director, that Brian Stump guy. Uh, we always have him on, so you have reminded me to do that, and we'll take a peek. And Baylor has had some uh, uh, several quarterbacks in recent years, part of that uh, Elite 11, including uh, Kyron Drones, Zach Pyron. Obviously, Pyron chose to go a different direction. And by the way, have you ever heard anything more about Pyron? Like, is Georgia Tech excited about him? Like, what is the I mean, whatever happened to him? Because I mean, once they decommit, we sort of lose track of him. Have you ever heard anything else about him? I mean, the only thing I can tell you is that I just feel. I mean, from what it sounds like that um, you know, because there were rumors that he wanted to try and maybe uh, get back with Baylor in the last early, you know, last year's early December period, and that didn't work out, but. You know, I think for the most part, he's happy uh, with where he's at in Atlanta. Uh, you know, Georgia Tech's program obviously has a ways to go before it's trying to get to that that first division uh, of the of the ACC. But I mean, he's got an opportunity, and of course, Birmingham is pretty close to Atlanta, three hours away. I think that partly laid into his decision to flip because of some family stuff there. But I think, but for the most part, it's like as my mom used to tell me, Matt. It's your life. You have to live it. And I think that's pretty much how we have to look at it from Zach Hyron's perspective. All right. Let's all live by what Kevin Lonquist's mom told him. And uh, I think that's uh, those are words of wisdom. Yeah, 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 that's right. Let's give her a shout out this afternoon. Uh, Kevin, um, uh, always appreciate it. Fun to catch up with you, and uh, I hope uh, I hope you. I would imagine you're probably going to like Orange Beach or somewhere like that, which is just a stone's throw from where I am. But uh, I hope you have a great trip. But uh, we reserve the right to uh, call you uh, during the middle of your vacation, okay? <laughs> and I also have the right to. I also reserve the right to maybe not answer. <laughs> do, do your do your girls even now that they've graduated from college do they uh, do well, they still go them. with you oh one oh, yeah. of them yeah they still yeah, go with you on the trips yeah the razorback just got back from hawaii so uh but she's going with us uh in a couple of weeks so That's we're nice. gonna do and so anyway but uh, yeah she had she had a uh, yeah. friend out there who graduated with her who uh, actually is working out there so she had a chance to spend some time out there so 
Anyway. Oh, that's going to be, that'll be nice, yeah. Your girls have complained about some of your Bermuda shorts that you wear, but they still go to, they still vacation with you, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> Sounds good, Matt. Listen, enjoy your time, and uh, look forward to talking with you down the road. Take care, okay? There he goes. Kevin Lonquist. Um, longtime associate of mine from the Arlington Morning News days, Dallas Morning News. Kevin Lonquist, one of the rare guests who somehow like says goodbye to me instead of the other way around but that's okay kevin has earned that right uh it is time for some campus confidential what does aaron sexton have on tap for us that is next listen to espn central texas online at syntexsportsfan.com at ubo business services we are brand agnostic we support many different brands but only the best products from each provider Our analysts favor flexible systems that don't leave you locked into a one-brand technology solution. Being flexible allows your organization to stay nimble and take advantage of the latest emerging technologies. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Searching for popular jewelry at affordable prices? Do yourself a favor and check out Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They have a large selection of men's and women's gold, silver, and stainless steel jewelry, including rings, necklaces, chains, bracelets, and earrings, plus jewelry for the Western crowd and biker enthusiasts. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. Hey, this is Tom Barfield with the ESPN Central Texas Morning Show. And I'm here to tell you that Hurley Benefits has played a big role in helping me and my family with all of our health, dental, and vision insurance needs. Don't have health insurance? I highly recommend you call the experienced and knowledgeable team at Hurley Benefits. They specialize in affordable life insurance, health insurance, dental and vision insurance, Medicare supplements, and much, much more. Check them out at HurleyBenefits.com. That's H-U-R-L-E-Y Benefits.com. Game time. Weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. What do John Morris, Kirk Watson, Maxine Hart, Walter Abercrombie, Martha Lou Scott, Michael Hyatt, and Robert Darden all have in common? They've each been interviewed on Baylor Line's Direct Line Conversation Series. You can hear from these outstanding bears and many, many more with a subscription to Baylor Line Insider. This is your all-access pass to the best content in the Baylor family. Subscribe today at BaylorLine.com slash KRZI. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. ESPN Radio Sports Center. 
I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Ole Miss wins the College World Series, sweeping the Sooners with a 4-2 win yesterday. Colorado Avalanche wins their third Stanley Cup, beating Tampa Bay 2-1 and win the series 4-2. Deshaun Watson's NFL hearing is supposed to start by tomorrow. USFL Championship is set. The Birmingham Stallions and the Philadelphia Stars will meet Sunday at 6.30 from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. Astros lose to the Yankees 6-3 but took the series 2-1 over the Yankees. Astros have the day off today. Rangers lost to the Nationals 6-4. Rangers start a long road trip tonight in Kansas City, 7-10 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. Oh, it's Matt Mosley. And uh, coming to you live, uh, doing some road work uh, at the beach. And um, uh, good to be with Aaron. Aaron is back in our uh, home studios in Central Texas, kind of monitoring any news coming in. And uh, Aaron, there was something Ward said in that sports center that grabbed my attention when he said the USFL championship was going to involve the Philadelphia Stars. Aaron, do you realize one of our very own members of the ESPN Central Texas family coaches for the Philadelphia Stars? I do, and also um, one of the assistant coaches we had on the show, the ex-Boston College head coach, is on that staff also. That's right. That's right. Jeff Jagosinski is the O-line coach, the tight ends coach for the Philadelphia Stars, is none other then Glenn Stretch Smith, who was on our air for a couple of years and uh, um, maybe maybe doing a little, uh, you know, you may hear him soon for all I know. But uh, uh, Stretch is a great guy, and so congrats to him. Okay, Aaron, um, let's, uh, let's do some uh, Campus Confidential. What's on your plate today? Lots of Baylor recruiting news from over the weekend. Baylor received three more commitments bringing their total for the 2023 class up to 18. Tayshawn Wilson out of Maid Creek in Houston, a four-star recruit, had 19 offers according to 24-7 Sports. He chose Baylor over his final list of Nebraska, Houston, and Texas. Also had offers from Colorado, Georgia Tech, a bunch of other schools. He's a 5'9", 175 cornerback. 24-7's four tranks in as the 37th best corner in the nation and the 53rd best prospect in the state of Texas. The Bears also picked up a commitment from Georgia offensive line lineman Sean Tompkins. He's a 6'4", 331-pound offensive lineman who chose Baylor over Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky. He had nine overall offers. He's out of Covington, Georgia, played for Newton High School in Covington. Tompkins was offered by Baylor back on June 7th. He also visited Florida June 17th and had narrowed his list of schools down to Baylor and Florida, so Baylor won a head-up recruiting battle with Florida for his commitment, which he announced on Twitter yesterday. And the third commitment was Louisiana athlete Carl Williams the fourth. He is a 5'11", 170-pound athlete out of Baton Rouge. He had 11 offers, including Kentucky, Missouri, and Tennessee. 
He's a receiver at South Southern Lab High School in Baton Rouge, but he is being recruited by Baylor to play cornerback. So three recruitments over the weekend for Baylor as they continue a really hot streak in recruiting, as you mentioned when you were talking to Kevin Longquist, and now we're up to 18 commitments for the 2023 class. Now, you know, Tech came under Joey McGuire, came racing out of the starting blocks on 2023. And now Baylor uh, seemingly in the rankings has made up some of the gap, and they've come strong. And, Aaron, as you well know, the the NCAA rules are going to change on the 25 uh, scholarship limit in each class. So... You, you know, you can go past that if you need to. Um, are all these commitments going to stay true to Baylor? I don't know. I mean, I hope so. Um, I think Austin Novosad, the quarterback, right now is probably a 50-50, even though he's a commitment to Baylor because he's a legacy at A&M. He's, he's now been offered by them. He's now been offered by Ohio State. Um, at the same time, I think Baylor was on him early, and I think hopefully he feels some uh, loyalty toward the Bears. So I, I find all these things to be really fascinating. And Aaron, what uh, Kevin told us earlier today, I mean, that should be pretty exciting to all Baylor fans to, to think that at one point, and I know it changed a little bit today, but, but yesterday... Baylor had the number six class in all of 2023. Now, what will happen is some of the some of the big boys like Bama, they only have seven or eight commits right now. They'll they'll end up with w- way more than that, and so they'll likely you know move ahead of Baylor and some schools like that. But I, it's still remarkable at the pace they're going and knowing that. They're up against people like Tennessee uh, that, that are spending huge money on these classes. And to the best of my knowledge, I'm not saying Baylor is not trying to figure out a way to, to be able to monetize this and reward these athletes. I think they absolutely are, but they're not. They're not. They're not going blow to blow with Texas or A&M or Tennessee. So, in in a sense, they're fighting a tougher battle. The good news is they seem to have a great idea of who they want, and they're targeting the right people. And when you hear Louisiana, Aaron, you just can't help but think that goes back to uh, some of uh, uh, Dave Aranda's ties when he was at LSU. And that lab you brought up, I think it's called, what you call it, Southern Lab or whatever it is, that that's a that's that's a big big time you know uh, football factory in a sense. Yeah, and and you talked about it. You know the, the NIL programs that in, that some of these schools have set up, and Baylor's winning that, just these three over the weekend. Those were big recruiting battles. One was basically head up of Florida. The other, his list was down to Baylor, Nebraska, uh, Texas. And then the other, I think it was down to Baylor, Kentucky, and Tennessee. So, I mean, they're winning recruiting battles against Texas, against SEC schools. It's, it's really, really 
exciting right now if you're a Baylor fan? I think it is. I think it is. And us being the Baylor flagship, I mean, we're not, uh, we, we love it. We love to see it and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so very, uh, very exciting times. And, uh, and quite honestly, the, the basketball recruiting has, has been similar. I mean, in bringing in some huge players. And, and uh, when they got that 2023 player the other day, Aaron Jacoby Walter, who we've talked a lot about, um, there's another player that hasn't decided in 2023 that he's after now. He's out there trying to get, what's that guy's name, Wesley? Something, uh, Wesley, I have to look it up. But, I mean, like, this this team, and oh, by the way, 2024, Aaron, there was some stuff over the weekend. I saw my buddy uh, 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 Ashley uh, that was at that TABC thing, and he was doing some interviews um, Ashley uh, Hodges, and he was, uh, Ashley Hodge, he was doing some interviews with um, uh, with Trey Johnson from Lake Highlands. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, this guy is otherworldly. I mean, Aaron, we're talking about, I mean, who would you say is the biggest recruit in the last five, ten years? I mean, he's, he's up there with that group. He's going to be the number one guard in the 2024 class, and Baylor's right in the mix for him. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I know Baylor can't win every battle, but it's kind of fun that they're winning some of them right now, and that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, all right, Aaron, what else do you have, sir? Something, something that you don't see very often: a major league baseball pitching coach is leaving to go to college, and in the middle of the major league baseball season. Minnesota Twins have to uh, make a midseason change to a very important part of their field staff as their pitching coach, Wes Johnson, has left to take the same job at LSU. Now, before opening a five-game set at AL Central Rivals Cleveland today, the Twins announced that Johnson will work the series against the Guardians through Thursday. Then he will return to his roots in the SEC and join the Tigers. The Twins are in first place, leading the Guardians by two games. Um, so it's, it's surprised a lot of people. He was uh, from college, the college ranks. He spent nine seasons as college pitching coach and was thought to be the first college pitching coach to jump directly to the major leagues when he was hired from Arkansas, which was the national runner-up in the 2018 College World Series. But he is making the jump back down to college in the middle of the season, and it surprised a lot of people. You know, I there's some stuff going on right now, Aaron, that's kind of shocking. Some of it has to do with, in, in a lot of it's college athletics where, you know, we do this every day at 440. And I'm really glad you brought this up. I mean, I, I we don't ever hear anything of like, like this. I mean, this guy, they're doing well. The Twins are doing well. Dad Levine is their GM. He's an old friend of mine from the Rangers. I, I'm going to reach out to him, and I'm, I'm just going to try to figure out if we can, like, what what would have led to something like this? I get loving LSU and maybe feeling like family, but this is kind of like a shocking move. And it speaks to the money at the, at the uh, especially in the SEC with their baseball programs. Um, and, and I think it speaks to the whole sport of college baseball. And it's the reason... 
sadly, while Steve Rodriguez is gone, I, I don't think Steve did anything to truly get fired. I mean, I, I think he was, I think he actually had a pretty good run over seven years, but it's become overnight. I think, I think Mac Rhodes looked around and was like, "Oh my gosh, like this is becoming a quote unquote revenue sport. Like this is a big, big deal." And, ba- and baseball used to be a big deal at Baylor, and he decided he needed to get back to that. And that's not Steve's fault. I just think it was – I think Mac wrote, woke up, and, again, Mac's always awake. But I, I just think he kind of understood that, hey, this is a time that we've got to go hard in this sport. And when you see something like that, Aaron, I mean, this is really – it's a shocking move that somebody from the Minnesota Twins pitching coach would go to LSU. LSU just landed the all-time greatest freshman home run record. I mean, what did he hit, Aaron, 32 home runs or something? And that kid's going to LSU. And then the other thing I saw that was interesting was um, we're seeing some cool stuff with college golf. Golf's had a lot of uh, fascinating stuff happening recently. I just saw a deal where a kid stayed in college at Texas for four years. It's unlike, you know, Spieth was out after one year. A lot of these guys leave and try to turn pro pretty quickly. This guy, Pearson Cootie, stayed for all four years at Texas in golf, and he's now become just a monster on the Corn Ferry Tour, like just running away with tournaments. And it's... It's, it's the same reason, you know, even with college basketball, players are deciding to stay in college. And you know who wins on that deal, Aaron? Us, the, the fans, the alums. Um, I know Baylor just lost two freshmen, and that's okay. I mean, that's exciting that they get that opportunity. But the fact that Adam Flagler decided to come back to Baylor, that's huge. That's enormous. Uh, Flo Thamba deciding to come back to Baylor when he could have turned pro. Huge. You think Flo Thamba couldn't have been a second-round pick? I promise he could have. But uh, all that stuff goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Aaron, are we good, or you got anything else? No, we're good for right now. Got the all right. interviews all coming right. up. Okay. Um, we're really excited about this. We, we've had some uh, – we've just been on a big run lately, and uh, people have been uh, – coming up to us and saying oh my gosh you know you played this can we hear this or when how can we hear this and we've looked back at some of our our uh, our best and, and and most downloaded interviews over the past few weeks and we're just it's really uh, exciting so anyway we're gonna we're gonna let you hear a couple of those i'm gonna go back to my beach chair and uh aaron's gonna take us the rest of the way everybody have a great afternoon and uh and we'll uh and enjoy hearing a couple of these uh, unbelievable interviews we've done recently especially involving uh some uh baylor baseball and uh nate newton God, i love that that was one of my favorite interviews we've done in a long time uh, stay tuned for that. That's all next. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. 
Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at Pioneer boys.com matt mosley weekdays at 4 p.m on espn central texas listen up if you take pride in your lawn you need to mow with the best gravely the made in the usa perfect cut quality grass devour and beast of the zero turns gravely residential mowers are built just as tough as their commercial machines with comfort and features you won't find on other mowers mow with perfection get yourself a gravely the full line of gravely residential mowers is available at landscape supply come visit our new 10,000 square foot showroom in spiegelville for the largest selection of outdoor power equipment from the alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram studios this is krzi waco k222dc waco k265dv temple espn central texas Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton, Matt Mosley on vacation this week, so we're running some of his best interviews during the 5 o'clock hour all week long. Some great interviews coming up, including this one that he had recently with Cowboys legend Nate Newton. Matt and Nate talked about Nate's induction into the Black College Football Hall of Fame, his playing days with the Cowboy, his broadcasting career, and much more. Here's Nate Newton talking with Matt Mosley on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Nate Newton, um, wonderful to uh, have you on the Matt Mosley Show. We did radio together for forever at ESPN in Dallas, 103.3 FM. And Nate, you look up now and it's turned into a religious station. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I got it locked. I got it locked in. You know, I do. I do a little bit of that. You got. They got some good, good preachers on that on that station, Matt. Don't laugh too hard at us. All right. <laughs> I like it, man. We had a we had a fun run there for oh my gosh, yeah. Galloway and you and the whole gang and uh, yeah, boy, you. It was uh, that was a fun time, but Nate, I I really I always love having you on. But I was so excited to see over the weekend, uh, you be inducted into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. And I, I've over the years, I've uh, I've seen some of the uh, folks that have gone in there, some incredible coaches. I was just sitting here looking at the uh, 
uh, at the class of uh, the class you're going in with with Ben yeah. Coach Donald Driver. I mean, Sammy White was a uh, well. People yeah. at Grambling State will remember him uh, at Grambling, obviously, and then right. some of these old school coaches from Prairie View A and M and and others. Yeah. I, I love this name, John Big Train Moody. Going in there for yeah, Morris yeah. Brown College. Um, yeah, how, he, they say he, you know, some a guy said, "Yeah, he remind me of the kid that's at the Titans." And I said to myself, "This dude has lived and died before I was born, so I can't right can't remind me of you know what I'm saying. I don't know who he remind me of." You know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, he didn't have a face mask. I'm looking at a picture of uh, of Big Train nah. Moody. I mean, the man yeah. did not even have the aid of a face mask back when he was playing. Oh, man. Yeah. I, hey, you know, we wouldn't do that today. You know, what? we don't have to worry about getting no, uh, no spirit penalty. You know that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the, um, I, I'm looking. I mean, both you and Donald Driver and Ben Coates all were just fabulous NFL players. And, and uh, Nate, this sent me back to your – your football resume, and I was like, my goodness, Nate went to the a ton of Pro Bowls. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, at, at, you know, you guys, you just had a great run. Tell me, like, who was it that called you from the Black College Hall of Fame? And, and, and just what did this mean to you when you, when you got the news? Uh, because you're a guy that could have played in a lot of places, and you chose mm-hmm. to go to Florida A&M University, and I know – um, I, I know that that place has meant a lot to you over the years. Yeah, yeah. Doug, Doug called me. Doug, Doug Williams called me and Moses. And thing about it, me and him te- have teased each other over the years because you know he's done a, you know, won a Super Bowl with the Washington Commanders and then he over pro personnel. And when he called me, I thought he he just called and left a message. Hey man, Nate, give me a call. I'm sorry, Cowboys ain't. You know, he, this is last year. You know, they're having a pretty decent uh, regular season. So, you know, how them Cowboys ain't going to do nothing. They'll fold in the end. Give me a call when you get a chance. And so, you know, I was doing a podcast for the Cowboys. And when I, as I got out of it, I called him. I said, what's up, Doug? How you doing? Y'all got a name yet? You know, because at the time, they didn't have a name. And uh, and so we laughed about that. I said, what you need, Doug? Said, what you need? He said, oh, man, I just want to tell you, man, congratulations. I said, congratulations. You know, well, what, what's this about? He said, well, you know, we just voted you in to the Black College Hall of Fame. So, you know, I just want to be congratulate you. You got to keep it quiet for a day or two until we're announcing. I'm like, and, I, and I'm thinking he's joking. So I go home that afternoon. I didn't say anything to my wife, you know. But that morning I said, well, what if he was just, what if he telling the truth? And so I told my wife, so, okay, babe, he, you know, I don't know if Doug messing around. <laughs> And uh, then around about 10 o'clock in the morning, my phone went to blowing up. Congratulations, congratulations. You know, and media got a hold of it and was blowing it up. And everybody, you know, was congratulating. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess Doug told us the truth, baby. You know, so <laughs> here we sit, most, you know, just months later, man. It's, it's, a, it's a great honor. Well, I, I mean, it, and you also played on both, for people that don't know, both sides of the line for Florida A&M Rattlers, and, yeah. and, of course, that was the Hall of Fame. Also in the uh, a college football Hall of Fame member, Rudy Hubbard, uh, was your coach. Now, tell me, coming out of Orlando, coming out of high school, uh, did you always fancy yourself as, as more of the uh, 
uh, offensive lineman, or did you really did you love it over on the defensive line at one point? What was your, or did you kind of know very early on that your your future was that old line? Okay, I uh, and I in, in elementary excuse me in junior high. That's when I really started playing in junior high. Mm-hmm. I played defense, and I always wanted to play defense. I went to Jones High, and uh, I played defense. Uh, starting out defensive attacker, defensive end, and then I moved to fullback, and I had a, a short, brief period at fullback, and then uh, uh, I, I started a fight because a kid kept hitting me late against one of the high schools. I told a ref, I said, if this kid hit me late again, I'm I'm going to tap this field with it. And the kid hit me late, and lo and behold, I tore up the field, and uh, they threatened me. You know, the National High School Program president of over high school say, if you ever get in another fight again, because I caused such a big ruckus, that I'll be suspended from all sports. So they threw me back on defense. So I went back on defense, and then I went to college as a defensive player and made all-conference my sophomore year, all-first-team all-MEAC. Then I, then I had my first problem of weight with a weight problem. That's when I found out I had a weight problem. So I missed all the spring, and the coach told me, you're not going to play the more defense. You're going to move the offensive line. And uh, I moved over to the offensive line, and uh, many years later, here I sit, you know, talking to Matt Mosley in Waco, <laughs> baby. <laughs> That's right. All of Central Texas is exciting to be hearing from Nate Newton, yeah. the Black College Hall of Fame, deserves to be in the – the uh, but the ring of honor, I love it, Nate. You know, I was just excited you were in the Hall of Fame, and then next thing you know, Clarence Hill and some of our media buddies there immediately get this man in the ring of honor. Which, by the way, I believe, but but I and I I hope happens. But I, you know, sometimes I just want to focus on celebrating this latest honor, you know, and you, and then they're beat. You know, <laughs> Mose. You know, when you called me, we was talking uh, earlier and stuff. And you and I and I tell everybody this. I, I gave up on in high school. That was my. That's when I used to chase things because you know I ain't never thought about college. I never thought about the NFL. I was just trying to be the best high school kid I was. I wanted to be a little legend in Orlando. I wanted to make all metro. That was the thing in Orlando when I was growing up. Man, when you made all metro, Oak Ridge, Boone, Colonial. You know, schools, the, the, the great high schools, Winter Park. If you made all Metro, man, you you were the man, you know, in Orlando. And after I made that right there, I made our first team on Metro, I really, I really didn't care. You know, even when I made all conference in college, they had to track me down. Like, hey, man, you ain't heard? And I'm like, two, three days later, well, what happened? What, what, what you talking about? Oh, well, you made a first team all, all, all conference. I'm like, okay. And I went on about my business. You know, and basically the same thing. Uh, the only and I, I'm lying. The only other thing I chased was the all Madden team. Oh. <laughs> I did chase the all Madden team. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a big thing for me to be a part of Coach Madden's all Madden team. I, I, that's that, that's the other thing I chased. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were also the all quote people gathered at your locker forever back in the day. And uh, now, tell us, by the way, the um, you you said about the weight. I wasn't going to bring that up, but you brought it up. Um, I mean, <laughs> with, 
when when you got to the USFL, people don't always remember that that the Tampa Bay right. Bandits. You spent a couple of years yeah. there. Now, what was when you were doing that? Um, I, I and were you? I think you were a pretty dominant player in that USFL. Yeah, but made, it's some I made first team all yeah USFL too offensive lineman. But now, when did yeah. you, you – you were carrying a lot of weight before it became fashionable to carry a lot of weight. Yeah. You were yeah. moving yeah. a lot of that weight around. Who right. who was – when? You, but you were in the NFL, coach and I Steve think Spurrier maybe with the – was my head coach. Spurrier say that again? Head coach. Steve Spurrier was my head coach. He used to find me, $25 <laughs> a pound. And – uh and it would be so funny, uh, man, because <laughs> at the end of the year, he called me and said, Nate, come here, I want to talk to you, you know. I'm like, oh, what well, I done done now, because you know me, man. I, I'm always trying to have fun. Yeah. And I go, I went in this, in this after the first season. He said, hey, man, hey, go to, hey, go to $2,000 I took from you during the year, man. I, you, you, you know, get yourself under control, man. And he gave me my $2,000 back when he fired me <laughs> during the year. <laughs> can hear Spurrier. I love that voice. You know, Nate Newton. Yeah. I mean, he just got that great voice. He's very yeah, funny. And do, so, yeah, <laughs> wow. I mean, that's that's a remarkable when you think about the legendary coaches going back to college that you played yeah. for. And then, of course, Jimmy Johnson, college Hall of Famer, pro football Hall of Famer. By the way, he can't get in the ring of honor either. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, when, when are they going to have his day? When are they going to have his day? I don't know. I don't <laughs> you know. What? I'll probably be coaching now. Huh? <laughs> and I know they ain't going to never let me in, so I don't <laughs> Wow. That's well, I, you, know, you, you bring up a good point. Most teams, most times the NFL would ask you, uh, will, will require a hope that you will put your guys in the ring of honor before they try to bring them into the Hall of Fame in Canton. And uh, Jimmy, Jimmy can't get enough votes over there with the Jones family, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always make a big to-do about making up and hugging, and we write all those stories, yeah. and we all know right. the truth. They can't. The, the the truth is, if if they if they had truly made up, he would be in the ring of honor. But uh, now, what was what was your biggest takeaway? Remind me, first time you met Jimmy, and and now with Jimmy, how how hard on you was Jimmy about the weight, or did Jimmy just were you were a great enough player under Jimmy at some point that he probably maybe wasn't riding you as hard as others. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he would be on me because Jimmy, you know, Jimmy was so about winning. And, and you know, and I had to be, he wanted me 320, but he always gave me, you know, he fined me, you know. But if I stayed around 325, no more than 327, he never got really, really upset. But if I hit like that 330 mark, he would come to me like, hey, Nate, okay, what are you doing here? 
You know, let's refocus. You know, <laughs> you know, put away a few biscuits. You know, hide a few biscuits. Uh, you know, don't eat that extra piece of chicken or whatever. You know, he he was sincere, man. Jimmy was serious, man. But he also knew his players. That that is the greatest thing that I always respect about Coach Johnson. You know, he knew he could say just about anything to me and it wasn't going to break me down. But if he said that to Leon Lett, we would lose him for two or three days. So he knew his players, man. You know, I tell people, my biggest deal is he rarely ever said something to Jay Novacek. They just barely, when they passed each other, they just kind of nodded at each other. You know, like, you do your job, I'm going to do my job. I mean, he just, he knew every guy to the T and how to treat every player. He had his basic rules, never be late, take care of your business, do your job, you know. But, you know, he treated players different. Now, you know, if Troy wanted to do something or Mike wanted to do something, I may couldn't come to him and get that same privilege, you know. <laughs> but that's just how it was, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's it's remarkable that you saw the end of the Landry era and and then the, the heyday, you're part of the dynasty, and then, uh, I mean – You've seen some stuff over the years, and it's it is uh, remarkable. Would you say is Hudson Hauk? If you and you may not want to do this, but you had some some really good coaching over the years. But what yeah. was was Hudson? Was that the highest level of of O line coaching that you had? Because of course, I think when you first got to the Cowboys, they had one of those legendary coaches Jim in Ma. in yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, he was a legend, but he Ma. was at the end of okay. his career. Let me, Jim Meyer wasn't so much as a technician as he was. They had a scheme, uh, and they had basic a basic blocking principle, and it was already in place. And he didn't teach a whole lot of technique. Tony Wise came in, he taught technique, and he believed in technique, you know, but he allowed you to, to play with the skills that you had within that technique. You could build your skill set around his technique. Hudson Hawk, boy, he was a technician. He was like, this is how we do it. This is how we stay in step. This is so I had the best of both worlds, you know, uh, where, where – Coach-wise, that you play with your skill set with those techniques. Whereas, what's called, he was just, he was regiment. He was tech, he was a technique freak. Uh, but one thing that Coach-wise and Coach uh, Hawk had in common was you're going to be working. You hit that field. Uh, you hit they, 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 they film room. You were going to be working those hours that you were there. You were going to be locked in. And that's one thing that Coach Johnson required. Uh, you know, and not, and I'm not going to say Coach Landry didn't require, but a guy that wasn't going to touch the field. I wasn't going to really touch the field with Coach Landry my first year or two. But then when they brought in, uh, I can't think of Coach Erkenbeck, Jim Erkenbeck. That's who got me really started in this league. Mm -hmm. He was the coach that stood up on the table and said, yes, he's a bologna-eating, pork chop, fried chicken-eating guy, but I could work with this guy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so Jim Arkenbeck stood up on the table for me, and that got me in the door. Well, I got started. You know, I I love the fact that you shared that Madden because that was uh, yeah. uh, he meant so much to a lot of people. But he loved you, and he loved yeah. the Cowboys' offensive line, 
And uh, I, I have to laugh sometimes when I hear people say, like even Clarence was writing, the uh, he was part of the Great Wall of Dallas. And what's funny to me, Nate, is, I mean, I remember as a kid, I mean, y'all were unreal, but the Great Wall of Dallas – that sort of came up, it seemed like, afterwards, you know, yes, like we uh, NFL films or something. Five years. We were out of football five <laughs> years before I heard anything about the Great Wall of Dallas. It took them quick, and they, they built the Great Wall of China before they came up with us. <laughs> Man, like a, we were a bunch of greasy, fat, biscuit, gravy-sopping dudes who played great football, who North Turner came in. And helped us, and Tony Wise and uh, Coach Hudson Hawk, they designed a system that was built for us road grading and running over people. We had four or five play. We had lead draw. We had an inside uh, power run, a short counter trap, and we just ran over folks, bro. <laughs> well, you, know you and went you know how it went. <laughs> you, you and the how- Big E. Oh, it was two I, White Houses, and I was a part of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. We will save those stories for another time. The yeah. White House. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it's almost yeah. a mythical place to most people, and and they would be surprised. You know, I bet yeah. when people would actually pull up to it and see it they probably were disappointed because it probably in their minds it was some kind of enormous mansion you know yeah 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 you're like who's paying the rent this month who's paying who's paying the mortgage at the white house (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he was a different kind of trouble but but all in the same family but uh well (laughs) well nate i knew it would be fun and uh i'm very proud of you and and uh you're a great friend a great person and uh anytime you're even though it may not, you know, be the end all, be all, what you're seeking, I'm just, sure. I'm glad people are honoring you, and uh, and I know it means a lot to your compadres and and to have Troy there, very very yeah. cool to have, yeah, I mean that had yeah. to mean a lot to you as well. It did, man. Stepnowski, Moose, Tony Tolbert, and Deion Sanders, man, those are the guys that really uh, kept me going, man. All I was missing was Charles Haley, and I was glad because he probably would have got up and tried to do this speech for me. <laughs> I saw him the other day at the mini camp, and I he yeah. he I love seeing him, but he also worries me because I don't know what he's going to do. That's you know, right. that's right. That's all. Uh, he's like a tornado or a hurricane. You you knew how to handle him. I don't. You know, yeah. and so I get a little nervous around him, but I I still love him. All right, all right. Well, listen, we uh, we're very excited for you, and I will uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for doing this. Hey, have a great one, man, and may God be with you and your family. Thank you, thank you, Nate. There he goes, Big Nate Newton, flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at syntechsportsfan.com. 
Waco Tacos in downtown Waco and Union Hall introduces their new craveable taco of the month. The Nashville Hot Chicken Taco. Crispy fried chicken, Nashville hot sauce, cabbage slaw, and chipotle mayo on a fresh flour tortilla. It's spicy, savory, and delish. Hurry into Waco Tacos at Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue in downtown Waco or call us at 254-340-1700. Waco Tacos in downtown Waco. Calmet Aerospace in Waco is holding their weekly on-site hiring event. Every Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., Calmet Aerospace will conduct on-the-spot interviews and making offers to qualified candidates that day. Bring a current resume and be ready to interview. Entry-level production to experienced roles, as well as professional positions are available. Great pay and benefits starting day one. Can't make it? Apply online anytime at howmet.com slash Waco Careers or WacoHR at howmet.com. Congratulations to the state champion Crawford softball team from ESPN Central Texas. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. In my podcast, Your Money in a Cup of Joe, we talk money management, investments, and retirement in a Q&A style format helping to break down complicated topics. I'm Joe Kaleo with the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. Look for Your Money in a Cup of Joe on our website or Spotify. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. This is Scott Davis, owner of Universal Windows. With inflation driving material costs through the roof and interest rates rising, don't put off replacing those old inefficient windows. Take advantage of our 0% interest for up to six years. Save the equity in your home. Save your cash. Call today, 254-301-7760, and you too will be saved. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lynch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Ole Miss wins the College World Series, sweeping the Sooners with a 4-2 win yesterday. Colorado Avalanche wins their third Stanley Cup, beating Tampa Bay 2-1 and win the series 4-2. Deshaun Watson's NFL hearing is supposed to start by tomorrow. USFL Championship is set. The Birmingham Stallions and the Philadelphia Stars will meet Sunday at 6.30 from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. Astros lose the Yankees 6-3 but took the series 2-1 over the Yankees. Astros have the day off today. Rangers lost to the Nationals 6-4. Rangers start a long road trip tonight in Kansas City, 7-10 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. The Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Aaron Sexton in for Matt. And it's the best of the Matt Mosley Show during the 5 o'clock hour all week long. A few weeks ago, 
Matt visited with former Baylor head baseball coach Steve Smith after it was announced that Mitch Thompson will become the new Baylor baseball head coach. Coach Thompson was an assistant for many years under Coach Smith, and here is that interview. We are now joined by Steve Smith, former Baylor baseball coach. And, uh, Steve, I love it how things go full circle. We had to say goodbye to you a few years back, and then years later it's like, how do we get things back to what it was like when Steve Smith was here? I, I kind of uh, – I, I, you got to get a chuckle, but uh, – it, it's tremendous. I, I've been thinking about you through this search, and and uh, and I think we've been celebrating some of your teams in recent years. So that had to be a. Uh, I, I hope you sort of take it as a uh, a compliment to all that that you did that they would go back and hire somebody uh, from your staff. It's uh, and by the way, it's great to have you on today. Thank you, Matt, and it's it's great to be on, and I appreciate you know you reaching out and. I'm extremely happy and proud for Mitch and Amber and their girls. And, you know, you know, I left seven years ago, not on my own accord. I mean, it, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I, I remember at the, at the time saying that I, I didn't agree with it, but I would accept it. Uh, and I did. Um, and, you know, it obviously – hasn't gone unbelievably well. I mean, Steve Rodriguez didn't do a bad job. Um, and I don't think, you know, this change was made uh, without a lot of, you know, just a lot of thought. I, I think that, uh, I think Mac Rhodes, you know, probably gave it a whole lot of thought, but I think, you know, when it was made now, where, where do we go? And, um, you know, to have to have someone like Mitch who's still there and uh, and knows the university extremely well. I mean, you know, when we came there, I knew Baylor pretty well. I'd gone to Baylor, uh, and I was young enough even at the time that I could counsel some of my players on who not to take <laughs> because I I'd had some of my professors were still around. <laughs> and uh, you know, Mitch. Mitch had to learn to that kind of stuff. But now he's a he's also a Baylor parent. He's he's got girls that have gone to Baylor, and you know, and the Amber's worked at Baylor, so they're they're much more deeply, you know, entrenched than they ever have been. And uh, so, it's not going to be an easy job. Baylor was never easy. It's it's expensive, and and I. I will do for Mitch what I didn't have anybody do for me. He's got to sell something where everybody that plays there right now has got to pay to play. And it's expensive, and that's why the sport looks like it does, you know, demographically. But there's there's something on the horizon with the NCAA and this transformation committee that could really launch uh, programs like Baylor and when I say programs like Baylor, I'm talking about places that the university is the greatest thing they've got. And, and I think Baylor University, the strongest thing about Baylor, honestly, I, and I say this with all due respect to every coach and every program, the strongest thing about Baylor University is on the academic side, is the university itself. And, you know, I think that, and honestly, I think that's why Scott's had so much success. 
I think it's, it's why every program there that has had success, they, they have something, and I don't like the word sell, but it's, they have something to sell that other places don't have. Um, there are many schools around there. There are great universities everywhere that, that dispense information and, you know, and really uh, train and, 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 and prepare people academically for, for life. I personally think Baylor does more than that. Uh, Baylor is a, is a place you get more than information. It's, it's possible to get transformation there. And, you know, and Mitch knows that and Mitch believes that. And, and I'm telling you, if the, if this, if you go back to the word transformation, if this transformation committee gets their way right now through the NCAA, uh, and, and Mitch winds up with 26 full scholarships, uh, look out. Uh, now all of a sudden, you know, that choice of, of going to school with 50 or 60,000 students down the road just because it was cheaper, uh, it, it may really change. And so I'm excited for him. I'm glad that, you know, that it's it's somebody, and I, you know, I'll use this word within the family. Uh, you know, years and years ago when I came to Baylor as a player, uh, you know, that that's really what I heard a lot of. I didn't grow up Baylor. I grew up in Mississippi, and so I didn't know – you know, I knew Baylor played in the Southwest Conference, and if I was any good, I'd find out. And But they talked about the Baylor family. And, you know, over time, I think we lost a lot of the Baylor family, and we, we wanted to be, you know, and I'll use the word, the Baylor nation. Um, and I got nothing against nations, but they fight a lot. And they don't necessarily <laughs> get along. And I, I – I think I think family is important, and we had that, you know, we had that in baseball, and and this is going to continue it. So I'm I'm extremely excited for him and happy for him. What was uh, what, what was uh, the first time you uh, that Mitch came across your radar? I mean, y'all, you've got. Uh, I mean, I look at y'all's histories, and you, like you say, Mississippi, and and. What what even all the way back then, you know, nineteen ninety five, you arrive uh, on the Baylor uh, to coach at Baylor. You'd already been a Baylor player. What was it? Uh, what did you see in Mitch all those years ago when y'all first got together that said, "I want this guy," you know, in the dugout with me? Well, when we first met, when I came to Mississippi State, and I'd been at Texas A and M for two years, and and actually had met Steve Jonigan there. And so Hoot and I, we go back all the way to 1987. Wow. And I was at A&M for two years, and I left and, and got a job at Mississippi State, which was a thrill. And Mitch, at Mississippi State, we had four graduate assistants at that time, which is incredible. Division One baseball can have no graduate assistants today. We had four at that time. And Mitch was one of the four guys when I first went over there. And I had been there two years, and we had another full-time spot open on the staff. And that's when Steve Jonigan left Texas A&M, and he came to Mississippi State. So for three years over there, it's me and me and Hoot working together. And the thing I immediately – not immediately, but over time with Mitch, you know, being a GA on our staff at Mississippi State, he had, I mean, he was really 
the recruiting side of the game, he was really into. And even though he couldn't, you know, as a graduate assistant, you couldn't do much. And if you're one of four of them, you, you really, you know, you really had to assert yourself to, you know, to, to, to have much role at all, but he did. And so while I was there, he left, he left two different times. He went to Radford uh, for a brief time uh, as a coach. He came back and in my last year at state, he had left and come ironically here to Auburn. And he was actually at Auburn when I got hired at Baylor and he and I talked, I mean, we, we were communicating all through that. And I, uh, when I called him after I'd been offered the job and accepted the job at Baylor, I called him and I'll never forget it. I said to him, we took the job. Um, I mean, we, we took it. I said, and, and then I had to sit down with Hoot and explain to him, you know, I didn't think he wanted to come. I mean, he was a full-time assistant at Mississippi state. I didn't think he'd make a lateral move from Mississippi state to Baylor at that time. And, you know, so I had to kind of halfway explain and it, you know, a year later I got him, you know, he came. And so now all of a sudden the three of us are back together and that, you know, that, that run lasted a long time. And, you know, Mitch was the, he was the face of the program uh, on the recruiting side and, you know, had big time, had the it factor for it. Who was the, he was the glue on the field with the players in the dugout. I mean, you know, Mitch and I were a little too much type A to be, you know, always, you know, to always have every player love us, but, you know, <laughs> but it was, it was, you know, it just, it worked. And, you know, I wish it could have worked longer. Um, and there's some things I do differently if I could go back and, and do them again, but I I'm grateful that, you know, he and I, we, we, we reconciled a long time ago. Um, God's been good. And, uh, and this, you know, this opportunity, I'm just, I'm happy for him extremely. And, you know, I appreciate the first I heard of the first I heard of this today was from Mitch. Um, uh, you know, he called me this morning and and I'll share this with you. And, and, and this is, this may be, may be too personal to share, but I, I got, I got to share it with somebody. So I'll just, I'll just tell you, Yeah. you know, since 2012, uh, or prior to 2012, anytime Mitch reached out to me for the, you know, probably 20 years, he always called me Smitty. And, and that's not unusual. All my friends pretty much have always called me Smitty and I've always loved that. And I never liked it when a girl called me Smitty, but I, I loved it when, a, when all the play, when all the coaches did, but you know, from 2012 until about nine 30 this morning, when Mitch and I had talked over these last, you know, seven to 10 years, he always called me Steve. And it was like, you know, and I, and I recognize it. I didn't think it was anything intentional. I just thought it just was natural, you know, because of the you know, stuff that had gone on. I was no longer Schmitty. I was Steve. And, you know, I think the thing that, that, that touched me the most today was to hear him, hear him start the phone call by saying Smitty. Um, wow. that just, you know, the whole thing meant the world to me. And, 
and I I just want to share that. I'm glad you did. I mean, that's uh, you all had an amazing thing for a lot of years, and hey, stuff happens, and it doesn't always end like you like you say you want it to, but. You, you, life does give you opportunities, and I think most times when we reconcile with people, we're glad we did. You know, it's not like we sit around, we're glad we let something continue forever, but sometimes it takes a little while uh, to heal some of that stuff. So um, I, that's really neat. I'm glad you did share that, and uh, and that's it's exciting. When you talk about family and the Baylor family, and, hey, you went there, you're still a part of the Baylor family. I mean, that's uh, – isn't that kind of neat to look at? So Mitch is back at Baylor. Hoot is uh, part of the softball program. <laughs> you're you're part of the Tigers organization, so we're probably not going to be able to get you back from the major leagues. But uh, it's just most times in life you can't go home or you can't bring things back. Uh, and it is kind of there is something about Baylor to what you were saying earlier that I think it I think it does bring people back. And then you know, after an amount of time, and so this is going to be uh, this is going to be kind of fun to to watch. Talking to Steve Smith, uh, longtime Baylor baseball coach. I I had uh, Jason Jennings on earlier, and he was calling you. He said you were like a second father to him. Uh, he had an amazing career. Now he still was bringing up something that happened in that Florida. That must have been a Florida regional. And he says you and he hmm. you still are not on the same page about a pitch count. And it must have been really hot that day. And perhaps, I don't know if you took him out before he wanted to come out. I, I, I don't have that game in my memory like you would. But uh, I did think it was no, funny I, that. <laughs> yeah, he likes to bring that one up. But, you know, this was, our, this, was, this was the first regional. So this was year number four, 98. We, we made the regional in Gainesville back when it was a 48-team bracket. And we go out and lose game one, which was one of the most difficult losses. We have Kip Wells on the mound. It's in the sixth inning of the game. We are ahead nine to nothing. And I'm not going to go through it blow by blow, but we lose this game after leading nine to nothing after five innings. So the next day we have to face Florida. Uh, You know, we're a loser facing a winner you know, back in that old bracket and, you know, Jason's pitching and we get to the ninth inning of this game. And I think we were up, you know, seven to two, you know, five or six runs, something like that. And, you know, Jason ninth inning of the game, he walks a couple, I think, or maybe they got a hit or two, but ultimately they loaded the bases with one out. And I looked at the pitch chart. And this is where he would, this is where he argues with me. And he was at like 125, which is still a ton. All right. I mean, it's a bunch, but, but I, every guy I had put in the game the day before had given up a three run home run. And that's how we lost a nine run lead. So I was determined to do anything I had to do to not go to that bullpen again. But I walked out to the mound, you know, with the bases loaded you know, one out, and I went there, and, you know, the infielders come up. I looked at Jason, and uh, I don't know if he did. His nickname was Diesel, you know. Mm-hmm. You, I'll leave it to you to figure out why. <laughs> but we uh, – I said, Diesel, I said, I, I said, you see these runners here? I said, these guys are all yours. I said, I'll be back when you get to 165. 
All right. <laughs> I was trying to, I was just letting him know you ain't coming out of this game. All right. So this is your mess. You're going to get out of it. I'm not coming back until you do. And the umpire who was a big 12 umpire, uh, who had thrown me out earlier in the year. All right. Uh, he was doing the plate and he, I had had a conversation with him earlier in the year about balls and strikes in which he had told me, you know, I'll give you one ball, but I won't give you two, you know, he's somewhat off the plate, which that's a whole nother discussion, but man, how good are you when you can do that? All right. <laughs> And so he comes out to the mound and I looked at him and I'm being very, I'm being very polite. I said, I said, how close is he? And he literally said two balls. (laughs) And I looked at, I looked at Jason and I said, I said, get it closer. And I went back to the dugout. Now the guy that came up to the plate, you're going to know his name is David Ross. Yeah. Nobody knew who David Ross was back then. All right. I mean, he's managing the Cubs right now. But David Ross came up to the plate, and I think it was the first pitch. He hits a double that clears the bases. I mean, dead center field, off the wall. And then Jason settled down. And and I remember the last out of the game was a call third. (laughs) And I thought, (laughs) praise the Lord, he got it closer. (laughs) And, you know, the final total pitch count, it it probably was in the 140s, but – he likes to say 165, and I, that was just a threat. That wasn't an actual um, – he next to do that. And, but we did win that game. And, um, you know, then the next day we go play 14 innings with Illinois and lose that one and we're done. So, but, now Jason's probably the greatest all-around player that maybe has ever played at Baylor. And, and um, you know – it was early and it was the second year we were there when we got Jason committed. And I thought, man, this is going to be easy. <laughs> it, it took a while. It took a while to get the next one, but what a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. You, he, so I think Mitch went to see him and he was catching, you know, and, and, uh, it, I no, think I went had, to see him and he was, you catching. did. I was, oh, okay. catching. I went to his home. <laughs> I went to his house and his daddy wanted him to be a catcher. I mean, his dad thought he was a catcher. His dad played at Texas. His dad thought he was a catcher. And, you know, <laughs> I told him, I said, I've never seen anybody throw a ball to second base like he does. He doesn't even move his feet. I mean, he was so big. Um, <laughs> and I loved him because, you know, Jason's, Jason looks as good today. His body today is probably better than it yeah. was as an 18, 17-, 18-year-old. But <laughs> – you know, I knew back then that nobody was going to give that 17, 18-year-old body. He had then a million dollars. And so he was, like, awesome to get him because I thought we'd keep him. And three years later, you know, he had the same body. And now, all of a sudden, it's really durable, you know. <laughs> you know, it turned into a real durable ball. So he got he got his million dollars and then some. And, uh, you know, had a great career in the big leagues. And, you know, again, just – Great guy. I, I am. This is a great day. And, you know, for those guys to, to get, to, you know, reconnected, you know, to the program now, uh, you know, if there was ever a hire that was for the greater good, this was it. Um, you know, this is a hire for the greater good. And, and Mitch will make good on it. And Mitch will make 
everybody proud and uh and i have no doubt about that well this was fun uh i knew it would be and uh mac told us he was going back and looking at videos from when y'all were rolling uh at the new baylor ballpark and um and that's kind of what you know when he i think was making some major decisions realized that it just wasn't looking like that anymore and so i think that's a real compliment to what you built and uh had rolling for those 20 years uh uh you were in uh waco texas and steve is fun next time i want to hear more about the uh about what's going on with the with the tigers and and what you're doing you were back in college out there at tennessee tech and then decided to go with uh, detroit so next time let's talk about all that but this was a lot of fun and i really appreciate you sharing that story with us because it was extremely uh, meaningful and i and i think uh i i, I just I, I loved hearing it Thank you. And I, and I appreciate very much you reaching out and giving me an opportunity to share with everybody. I, you know, got a son that still lives there. You know, our roots are there. Lots of friends. We have a granddaughter there now. We got another grand, we got a little, we got a little boy on the way first of August. So, you know, it's, it's, it's Waco's a special place for us. And, you know, maybe now to make it a little easier to come back. I think uh, you you are always welcome, and it'd be awesome to see you at the ballpark. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. You bet. There he goes, Steve Smith. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at syntechsportsfan.com.